0: You are listening to the Calford Catechism Podcast, where we seek to defend doctrine, dispel deception, and develop disciples. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. On today's episode, we discuss Mormonism, or the Church of the Latter-day Saints. We're going to dive into a little bit of their history, their core doctrines and beliefs about who Jesus is and salvation, and we are also going to discuss at the end how should we evangelize them, how do we bring the gospel to them. Let's get started with today's episode. Welcome to episode number two of season number two. Now, it's technically episode number 14. That's Travis on the end, of the end of the microphone, by the way. How's it going?
1: Good, man. I'll tell you what. Before every episode, I need water. I need coffee. I need, like, I'm like a needy baby who needs, like, a long laundry list of things in order to actually do this. I can testify to that, actually. <laughs> I'm always so stuffy with my throat. All
0: right. We've got a lot to get through today, so we're going to start with our question, and today the question is a would-you-rather question. Uh, If this is your first time listening, I always start off with a question that Travis is not prepared for. I ask it, and he has to answer it. So, Travis, would you rather not, in your home, not having AC or not having running water?
1: In my home, not having a what?
0: Not having AC, air-conditioned?
1: Oh. Or not having running water. Your accent really kind of came out there. A sea? Um, I thought you meant like a sea, like an ocean. <laughs> like honestly.
0: I, like, I mean like a sea, like a satiety of God. That's what I mean. Wow. Yeah. Okay. No. I can't even spell AC. that word.
1: AC or what? Air conditioning or what was the other one? Running water. Oh. Um. Well, if I don't have AC, I'm going to be really smelly. So I'm going to need a shower. If I don't have running water, I can't have a shower and bath time, but I can have a cold bath running I'd rather have oh, but it's Florida. <laughs> uh, both? Running water. Because I can take cold baths.
0: So you would you would rather have run you would rather not have running water. Oh
1: no, I'd rather have running water. I'd, oh okay.
0: Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I don't know. I think I'd pick AC. Uh,
1: what are you gonna do when you don't when you can't bathe? I didn't say
0: you don't have water. You just not have running water, so you got to like go somewhere and get water, and then you just got to
1: sh- like shower with like. That's that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. We don't live in like the 30s anymore. I don't even know that the, the 1830s where you we just have to go, go out. You well. You go, out to, well to the, you you go out to
0: the store and you get like five gallon jugs of water, and you just use that. And do what? You shower with it.
1: <laughs> we don't live in the Bahamas, yo. It's the no, United but, but States. You, we don't do that but, here. Yeah, but you don't have running water. So what are you? Gonna, what else are you going to do? You go to your house and take a shower. No, <laughs> you're not, not going
0: to do that. Not going to do that. It's exactly right. what I would do. We've derailed. All right, here we go. So today we are discussing Mormonism. This is season two, where we are diving into false religions slash cults. Now uh, let's start this off this way. Um, we defined cult the way that Walter Martin in his book Kingdom of the Cults defines cults, um, which is, and I'm going to let Travis read that exact definition in just a moment. But um, it's really, <clears throat> it's really any anybody any group of people that is twisting the scriptures. But Travis, can you read exactly what that definition is?
1: Yeah. So just it'll be helpful. This is our running definition. We're probably going to reread this and just. Uh, recenter around this every single week just so we can really stand on solid ground. Uh, We're really relying pretty heavily once again on the Kingdom of the Cults by Walter Martin. Uh, He defines a cult as any group of people or a single person that gathers around a group of persons or just once again a single person who misinterprets the Bible. There's some sort of misrepresentation of the Bible that's going on by a person or a group of persons.
0: I finally, uh, I was talking with somebody else after our last episode, and I finally got a helpful distinction for myself where, um, and maybe this will help you, when we talk cults, we're not talking the occult. We're Mm. talking about cults. That's helpful. So, um, sorry, that was a noise from my computer if you heard that. Um, We're not talking the occult. We're talking cults, okay? So, um, don't think like... Um, strange necessarily don 't think necessarily strange like voodoo and dark magic as much as we 're thinking just somebody who is twisting the scriptures and I think uh, we 'll make the case today uh, that that 's what Mormonism does so again we 're not trying to um, we 're not trying to be unloving or we 're not trying to just falsely categorize some of these religions, but um, we are trying to accurately represent what they believe um, and then show how it goes against what god 's word has said so we have three sections today. Um, we're going to talk about the history of Mormonism, not everything, and that goes for all of these categories. We, we cannot cover everything. This is a very short introduction. I know it's a longer episode, but it's really a short introduction to this. Um, we want to engage with maybe what we think is most important. Um, so, history how did this religion come to be? Uh, and then uh, what's the, what are some of their major doctrines as it relates to Christ and salvation and the Trinity um, and God's Word? And then um, finally, how do we evangelize them? Okay, after we talk about who they are and what they believe, how do we as Christians engage them with the gospel? So, We're going to start out with the history of the Mormon Church, um, otherwise known as uh, the Church of the Latter-day Saints, um, which is a major section of Mormonism. It's probably the one that we're going to engage with the most, but I also uh, realize that there are sects of the Mormon Church, just like uh, we have maybe denominations within Christianity. Maybe there's some similarity there. Um, But we're going to engage with some of the major mainstream doctrines and history of the Church. So, Mormonism began... With a guy you may know, you may not know, a guy by the name of Joseph Smith, um, which coincidentally is the most generic name that you can possibly I
1: know, right? have. <laughs> <laughs> like literally. <laughs> What's your name, Joe Smith?
0: Joe, Joseph Smith. No, really. What's your name? Um, so, uh, Joseph Smith. Um, I'm going to talk just very briefly um, about his childhood, not not in detail. But one of the things that I think is really important to, to get about this guy is he um, he grew up hearing the doctrines of Christianity. He grew up around um, Christianity and hearing that and and wasn't satisfied with it in his own mind. He felt like one of the things that he, he always struggled with is why in the world, if if we believe in one God and one Bible, why in the world are there so many denominations within Christianity? Like right. who, who's got this right and who's got this wrong? And that was one of the catalysts really for him starting this whole thing called Mormonism. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, that that's really good. Um, it's funny too because that's how so many Christians uh, Cults form. That's such a common denominator in the creation of cults is a single person who's saying, hey, there's so many different denominations. I'm just, there's got to be only one correct way. You know what? I'm going to create it. Yeah. I'm going to make it. That's actually the same. I know we're not talking about that today, but that's what Muhammad did actually. Right. uh, With Islam. It's the same Paradigm, um, But this is what Joseph Smith did, and it really started in 1820, right? Yep.
0: Now, that's not the uh, story that uh, those within Mormonism would tell. They would say in 1820, he received a vision uh from the lord um in which uh so this is how it's described and again i'm pulling a lot of the the language of this from walter martin's book um who's done a lot more research than any of us ever combined will ever do probably um but in 1820 joseph smith received his claim vision where god the father and god the son uh in his words materialized and spoke to him as he was praying he says that these two men told him that the Christian church was failing in an error and that he had been chosen to bring restoration to the truth. That's, I think that's a word that they will use a lot, right, is restoration. So that's what he, that was his mission. He was, he was told by God the Father and God the Son, which we'll talk about what they mean when they say those terms in a moment, but he was told by God the Father, God the Son to reclaim or restore the truth of Christianity of of who God is, um, so any any thoughts on his vision, or let, let's talk about that for a minute.
1: Yeah, so keynotes uh, that really point out there, God the Father, God the Son materialized, uh, two separate beings materialized. Um, that is, we'll get into this a whole lot more later, but it's really important to note that Joseph Smith was very adamant about who showed up in that forest. Yeah. God the Father and God the Son, two separate beings, two separate entities, two separate gods. Mm -hmm. Um, So right then and there, we see a complete um, left turn from orthodox Christianity. And to your point, we're talking about restoration. Why are we restoring? Mm. What's, What's being restored? Well... Joseph Smith's argument was that you know Acts had it right. We were all we were good, man. We were Gravy Town. We were riding that train. We were chilling. We were doing good things. And then at the end of Acts, the church, once the book ended, it just the church just went into apostasy. Yeah. And um, the 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 saints and the the apostles they 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 just completely they stopped the original teachings of the apostles. Mm. And um, Joseph Smith was, uh, according to Joseph Smith, which is very convenient, that he was ordained by God, chosen by God to be the messenger and to be the man who broke, who who fixed, who's going to fix the broken church. Right. Now, another important note, this is something
0: that I actually didn't know until studying for this. Um, That vision in 1820 uh, was not the vision in which he received and wrote down the Book of Mormon. Um, So it wasn't until 1823 that he claims he had another vision in which he saw an angel that he uh, says has the name Maroni, uh, if I'm saying that correctly. (laughs) I just love it. It looks like macaroni. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Moroni, the angel Moroni, um, which is uh, this angel that came and 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 gave him the Book of Mormon in which he wrote down. Now, what's interesting about this vision is even by Joseph Smith's own account, he didn't write down the account of that vision until many years later. Right. Okay? So he gets this vision in which he's supposed to write down the Book of Mormon, but he waits years before he actually writes it down. Right. Um, now... I don't remember what I had for lunch yesterday, Um, (laughs) so that's immediately a problem for me where I'm like, how do you... How do you? I think Travis is trying to remember what he had for lunch yesterday. Right now, (laughs) how do you? Five Guys. How do you remember years later something so important as what's supposed to be scripture, right? Right, And the inspired Word of God. So, um, so there are two separate visions here. There's the vision 1820 where God tells him, God the Father and God the Son tell him he's supposed to restore the faith, and then three years later he has another vision where he's supposed to write down the Book of Mormon, but he doesn't write it down until years later. Uh, actually, it's in eighteen twenty-seven where he received the golden plates, where the Book of Mormon was supposedly written. Now, correct me if I am wrong. I've, I've heard before that nobody has ever actually seen these golden plates.
1: Is that right? Yeah, no. It's yeah, yeah. It's 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 weird because it's something called mythical. Um, <laughs> you can't see something that's fake. So, homeboy said that he created these golden plates. That he received these golden plates straight from God, right? Um, but yeah, no, shocking nobody ever saw him he was the only person that was allowed to see them I think that's exactly. his it is was his words is. yeah nobody else was holy enough to actually lay their eyes on it
0: and, and when the Mo- Book of Mormon was transcribed he had two people uh, their names are not coming to my mind you may have that in front of you um, but he had two scribes I think for lack of a better word that were writing it down um, and they were the only people they were the only other people that were even around or have any account to give for the scripture that he supposedly now had um, so um, so yeah, uh, we've got one vision where he's told to restore the faith. Next vision where he's told to write the book. Years later, he actually receives these uh, golden tablets that nobody's ever actually seen, um, and begins to write down the Book of Mormon through, I think, himself and scribes.
1: Actually, these two, these other two men. Yeah, I think one one important uh, point to make is uh, the people who knew him best. There was interviews done within his neighborhood. Is His childhood neighborhood, and speaking to his family, speaking to just his friends growing up, and they were just like, fraud. Yeah. They were very adamant about how Joseph Smith was a complete fraud because um, they not only did they know him, did they know his character, but they also took a look at his career choice. Mm -hmm. And one of his career choices, which was very interesting, was a treasure hunter. Yeah. Treasure hunters back in specifically the early 1800s, uh, that was a very sketchy group of people. Uh, mm-hmm. It was it was it was it was illegal. It was very um, it was very fraudulent. The things that they were doing, and um, not only the things that they were looking for, but even creating while um, searching for this little man-made treasures. It, it, it was very odd the, the the lifestyle that he was choosing to live, while at the same time creating this false religion in order to gain followers. And an income, yeah, yeah.
0: I mean that is the 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 Church of uh, Latter Day Saints is very. I've been I've been told I have not engaged with this a lot myself, but I've been told by people who have engaged with them is they they won't. They don't want to talk a lot about the history of Joseph Smith other than his visions and what he received and all these things because his life was, historically speaking, I mean this is not opinion, historically speaking by accounts of people around him, his life was a mess. He was considered a fraud by so many people around him um, and so you've, you've already got his character being called into question um, majorly by those who knew him well and so I think that's a red flag. almost immediately. Um, so, man, we could we could talk for so long about this kind of stuff, but we, we, we want to try to keep moving here because I want to engage primarily with their beliefs. Right. Um, so, um, in 1829, I thought this was an interesting point. Yeah, this is really cool. Uh, Joseph Smith claimed that Peter, James, and John sent John the Baptist to... Confer what he calls, and this is a major doctrine that we'll probably talk a little about, to confer the Aaronic priesthood on Joseph Smith and his disciple Oliver Cowdrey, or Cowdery, however you pronounce that. I'm sorry. Um, so uh, you've got Peter, James, and John, not in a sailboat, um, but bringing, uh, <laughs> but sending John the Baptist to uh, To Joseph Smith to confer this thing that was bit that is big in Mormon theology um, the Aaronic priesthood upon Joseph Smith. Again an account that nobody else can verify but Joseph Smith himself um, and, and how he exactly knew that Peter, James, and John sent John the Baptist I guess John the Baptist told him that when he was sent but again yep. nobody can verify this except for Joseph Smith and there's this Aaronic priesthood that we don't see in the scriptures um, in the way that Joseph Smith uh, talks about it, um, given to him, and so that happened in 1829, and then the very next year, the Book of Mormon was officially published the same year that the uh, LDS church began, LDS being Latter-day Saints, Church of the Mormons, Um, so I think it's very interesting, I bring that up because I think it's very interesting. The history of Joseph Smith is that nobody can verify the fact that God spoke to him, Nobody can verify the fact that this angel appeared and gave him the scriptures. Nobody can verify the fact that he's now been given not only the scriptures and this commission by God, but this divine priesthood that that gives him absolute authority within the church. So now he's got authority, he's got the scriptures, and he's got just basically this entire religion that nobody else can verify these accounts. Nobody can question him because it's just him. He's got it, and that's it. Um... I don't know how that doesn't cause red flags for people that there. There's nobody else around to verify this. That's something very different than what we have in the scriptures, right? Where the resurrection of Christ, right. you've got eyewitnesses, hundreds of eyewitnesses, and many of their accounts written down for us um, in the scriptures. And so, <clears throat> it's it's just scary stuff to me.
1: Yeah. So the um, there the. The doctrines that uh, the Mormons believe, let's say that, so for for a Christian, we have what? We, we have the Holy Scriptures as our inerrant Word of God, that's the foundation on, on which we stand. The Mormons have a couple of different sources that they use for their doctrines. This is what they stand on, and everything... Uh, is established by Joseph Smith mm-hmm. uh, right so you have the the pearls of great price mm-hmm. so if you hear if you ever hear that term it 's a book um, and that 's actually what they use as scripture. Mm-hmm. They use the King James only Bible mm-hmm. um, so that 's another source of their inerrant scripture mm-hmm. uh, They use the doc, uh, the covenants of grace, which mm-hmm. is another source of their scriptures mm-hmm. and there 's a discourse so there is a king that died. Uh, very, very, very soon, uh, before Joseph Smith died, right? And when this king died, Joseph Smith actually preached at his funeral, mm-hmm. and the discourse that he preached is used by the Church of Latter Day Saints today as doctrine. Wow. Okay, it's 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 not been officially stated as hey, this is inerrant, but it is authoritative within the church. So. All of these beliefs have been collectively gathered from those different sources that I just said, mm-hmm. and that's where they get their their, their scriptures from. Um, and I think it's really important to note that religions, cults specifically, come are born from martyrdom, okay? Mm. So what happened to Joseph Smith was he went to jail. Mm-hmm. And when he was in jail, because all kinds of sketchy things happened in his past with from criminal behavior to very, very rich history. Like I said, I wish we had a lot of time, multiple episodes to go over the history. We don't, Um, but he was in jail and a mob came and murdered him. Yeah, of about 200 people is the account, yeah. So he's dead. He got killed. He got martyred, and when uh, somebody gets martyred and they already had this little following, they have this growing belief, it spread like gangrene. And then next thing we know... We have the Church of Mormon today. So that's really where it all stemmed from. Yeah. Um, I think
0: I think it's interesting to note uh, one final thing maybe here in the history, and we'll begin to move on the beliefs. This was just another interesting story to me. We talk about how nobody was allowed to see the golden plates. Um, there's an account uh, from Joseph Smith that he sent the plates to a professor yeah. uh, Professor Charles Anthon yeah. um, and, uh, he, to New York and the problem is that this professor has said those plates he never saw those plates they were never actually sent to him so you have one account of Joseph Smith saying yeah somebody else has seen them and verified them it's this guy and the guy that he claims saw them and he sent them to says no I, n- I never actually saw them and so um, that's like the closest account that we have of anybody even potentially seeing them and then this guy's like no, I never saw them. Um, so, yeah, uh, weird history for sure. Um, it, it's something that uh, Mormons uh, are, are not crazy to talk about. Um, they don't want to talk too much about the history because there there are problems with it. Oh yeah, um, and they they will even acknowledge that some of them will actually acknowledge that fact that there there are some issues here. Um, but they they explain it all away or they try to, um, and so that. That's something that you probably need to know, even as you're going to talk to Mormons and and try to uh, talk about the gospel and their history. Um, they're a little bit hush hush about it, and they don't want to talk too much about,
1: excuse me, about it. Yeah, a point that you're making that is this is really important. It's a great point that the church. This is something that I've I've read and heard of of uh, from people who are a lot older than me that have been in the in the trenches, if you will, with the Mormon Church for a long time. That it, the 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 actual official church of latter day saints have changed so much yeah that they have i mean history is history you can't look back at history look at facts yeah like the fact that what joseph smith also practiced a lot of uh, divinity right yeah. he uh he, he 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 had seer stones that he actually practiced with and, and i mean it was legit witchcraft yeah he he would try and I mean, there were some really shady, sketchy things that he was doing with this sorcery. You can't just overlook that. Yep. And the the church used to, and they used just, I mean, they present, they were trying to present it as if he was a type of Christ. Yeah. Because Christ is perfect. Yeah. And they were like, no, Joseph Smith was absolute no, none of these things are true. Right. Now, if you look at the doctrines nowadays, you go on the website, they talk, they have pictures of Joseph Smith with seer stones. Yeah. They 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 say yeah he was a treasure hunter. Yeah. To your point that that it, it, you, you can't overlook this anymore. Right. They're starting to become a little bit more open with right what the actual truth is of his yeah. history. You have to. And it's pretty it's pretty shady. Yeah. Um
0: man there's so much more that we can do. Um, but we let's let's dive into what's most important here. I think, and that is some of their core doctrine. Uh, again, the history is important because what you are going to hear in their doctrine are things that come directly from Joseph Smith, um, directly from the Book of Mormon. Um, so, so let's let's start with this. You you talked about how they have different scriptures. Yeah, they would say that the Bible is scripture, except. Right. The King James only yes. is Scripture, and this is this is dir- this is is exactly how they would word it. They Listen would say, insofar as it is accurately translated. So important. Okay? So they would say, yeah, the Bible is true and it's the Word of God, insofar as it's accurately translated. In other words, make sure that it's not that you're interpreting it correctly, which... We would say make sure that you're reading the scripture and interpreting it correctly. They would right. say, make sure that it has been that it has been translated correctly. In other words, translations of the Bible are corrupt. They've changed much of what the Bible actually says. They've taken out verses, they've they've added in things, they've done all kinds of stuff to kind of twist it. And if you try to engage with them with the scriptures, you're gonna get into all kind of lingo about, well, what does this verse actually say? And what is this actually saying? What about this word? And and it starts to get really really hairy and so um, they would they would acknowledge yeah the bible's the word of god and you go okay great and then you start talking to them about the bible and they're like well you know that that's not actually what
1: is said there it, it, it gets really complicated it does no he, he's absolutely correct so with that being said let's uh let's let, let's dive into some of this and i would really i really want to just for sake of time, just dive into some of the meat and the potatoes of what they believe yep. and what's true, Yep. how it's a twisting of the scripture. Let's get into some of the really fun stuff here. So I'm going to read a couple things here. One, I'm going to read the scripture. I'm going to read the solid ground on which we stand, the real inerrant word of God right now as a foundation and let's rock and roll into something that Joseph Smith said at that discourse of the king's hmm. uh, death. Isaiah 43, verse 11. I am the Lord, and besides me there is no Savior. Hmm. Okay. That sounds, pretty, that sounds pretty good to me. So there's only one God. Let's, let, 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 let's start there. There is only one God and there's none besides him look at verse 10 same chapter isaiah 43 verse 10 you are my witnesses declares the lord and my servant whom i have chosen that you may know and believe me and understand that i am he get this get this before me no other god was formed nor shall there be any after me Hmm. how many gods are there one there's only one why are we talking about this now? Now, let me just do a one quick little like, God, okay. There's one thing that's been getting to me about this study through Mormonism and us talking about this, okay. The biggest affront to me when talking to a Mormon, when they look at me and they say, No, I'm a Christian, mm-hmm. what gets to me most is like, you know, You're a polytheist, like. You, there's a, monotheism and there's mean? polytheism. Yep. Okay, I appreciate that. There's monotheism and there's polytheism. Monotheism means you believe that there's one God. Mm-hmm. Okay, and Christians listening to this are going to be like, "Yeah, I believe there's only one God, right?" And Mormons don't. Right. Mormons do not believe there's only one God. It's called polytheist uh, theism, which just means many gods. They believe in many gods. Mm-hmm. They are actually. One of the largest polytheistic groups in the world. Mm-hmm. They believe that there's more gods than even the Hindus, because the Hindu Hinduism, which that's, that's an argument. I don't even. I don't think that they're a cult because they're not using the Bible to right. derive their religion. They're just it's it's pagan. They're just making it up. Right. But Mormons have used the scriptures to twist and manipulate it to say there are endless amounts of gods. Right. Okay. So, and let's get into that. But we have to start with the foundation of Isaiah 43:10, "Before me no god was formed, nor shall there be any after me." Now, I want to read the exact words of Joseph Smith and can you talk to me about what you think about this, okay? In order to understand this is Joseph Smith's words, I'm reading it verbatim. I'm quoting In order to understand the subject of the dead for consolation of those who mourn for the loss of their friends, it is necessary, because remember, he's talking at a funeral, right? So, in order to really understand the dead, it is necessary we should understand the character and being of God and how he came to be so. Hmm. For I'm going to tell you how God came to be God.
0: Hmm.
1: Here, Here, this is what he says. We have imagined... And suppose that God was God from all eternity. I will refute that idea and take away the veil so that you may see. Mm. Mm. What do you think about? What do you think about that, Kenny?
0: Yeah, uh, <laughs> I want to. I want to continue to be respectful, but at the same time, you know what's so bothersome. You, you kind of touched on it. What's bothersome about the cults in general is that they are taking the scripture and they are twisting it. Um, And it's an affront to God. Um, To say that God came to be God is to say that God is not God. Um, Exactly. It is, it is to say that he had a beginning, uh, which he does not. Um, he has had no beginning from eternity past to eternity future. You know, it's, uh, it's uh, Moses in Psalm 90, from everlasting Amen. to everlasting, you are God. From everlasting, from eternity past to everlasting, eternity future, you are God, and there is no other. Um, and that is, that's a core doctrine, because out of that doctrine, you're going to see flow um, most of their other false doctrines. Right. Um, I would say that the two, the two false foundations. Out of which just about everything of, of Mormonism flows is uh, their view of the scriptures and that it needs to be accurately translated, which gives them permission to twist it however right. they want. Right. And then number two, their belief of God and who he is, or I would say who he is not, um, according yep. to them. Yeah. And uh, out of those two doctrines, I would say everything else that is false flows. That I mean, it's it's free game at that point. Because Absolutely. Because if God's Absolutely. not God and the word of God is not the word of God, um, then
1: just believe whatever you want and you can justify it however you want right so so get this so let's let's dive into a little bit more of joseph smith's because um, remember this these are his words and this is where this doctrine really stems from to ke- so what kenny just said is who is god what's the doctrine of god okay um and let's see if it lines up with orthodox christianity because they're looking at us and this is why i'm trying to be extremely direct mormons are very quick quicker than almost any other group to say we're christians We're Christians just like you. You guys are our brothers and sisters. And the question is, should we consider them brothers and sisters in Christ? Or should we, with hearts full of love, evangelize to them and treat them as unbelievers? So listen to this. Let's continue within that same discourse. These are incomprehensible ideas to some, but they are simple. This is Joseph Smith's words once again at the funeral of the king. I'm quoting It is the first principle of the gospel to know for a certainty the character of God and to know that we may converse with him as one man converses with another. Get this. This is the part. And that he was once a man like us. Yeah, that God himself, the father of us all, dwelt on an earth the same as Jesus Christ himself did. And I will show it from the Bible. End quote. So some people may say, well, yeah, that's, that, that's when Jesus Christ came down. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. He just made a distinction. Mm-hmm. He said God the Father was a man just like Jesus was a man because there's a complete rejection of the Trinity. Yep. There's three gods in their worldview, and this, this is so important. Their anchor is in that God the Father was once a man just like us redeemed Okay, just like we get redeemed, mm-hmm. became a god and populated an earth. Mm-hmm. We are his spiritual children. We worship him and we can become gods as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna
0: just read a few more quotes here just so you get a, a, a bigger picture of, of how they teach all this. Uh, Joseph Smith said, In the beginning, the head of the gods called a council of the gods. Mm. Okay, not in the beginning, God created, but in the beginning, the head of the gods, little g, called a council of the gods, little g. Um, Another quote here, God himself was once as we are now and is an exalted man. Okay, God's not God. He's a man. He's just exalted. He once was as we are now, which goes into their theology of we are gods and we too can become God. We just need to try to get there through the teachings of the Mormon church. Um, Here's a quote from uh, Brigham Young, which is, one of, which is the successor to Joseph Smith, um, he said, gods, god's, plural, exist, and we had better strive to be prepared to be one with them. Mm. Okay? So, God's exist, and we had better strive to be prepared to be one with them. Uh, let's see, last quote here, uh, from, a, from Lorenzo Snow, who was a former president of the Mormon Church, he said, As man is, God once was. And as God is, man may become. Mm. That's their theology of God, right there. That's their
1: theology of God.
0: In in just a few words, as man is, God once was. As God is, man may become. Um, that that's a that's a major tenet of their theology, um, and it is a complete distortion of who God is, who mankind is, and uh, just what the gospel is. I mean that that is everything is distorted right
1: there in that one little quote. Yeah, so, um, fun fact, real quick, before we continue. This is really funny. Did you know that the original creators of the show Battlestar Galactica were Mormons? I did not. So Does that mean
0: Dwight Schrute is a Mormon? (laughs) Battlestar Galactica. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I hope not.
1: (laughs) We need to evangelize to him then. If you Um, don't get
0: that reference, that's an office reference. I'm sorry.
1: No, that was really funny. Um, But no, at one point in the show, the characters met some aliens from a planet called Kobol, Mm. Okay, and um, the aliens said, as you are, I once was, and as mm. I am, you may become. Mm. Wow. How funny is that? They liter- So it was, it was completely saturated in Mormon theology, um, wow. the original show, so in case you're a fan of it, I'm not saying don't be a fan of it, I'm just making a point. Yeah. I think that's a fun fact. So Battlestar Galactica is mm-hmm. like
0: the Mormon version of Lord of the Rings.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a good point.
0: And by the way, oh, there you go. I
1: love Lord of the Rings so much. There I love go. Frodo.
0: There you go. Uh, All right, um, let's uh, let's talk a little bit, maybe about their teaching of Jesus. Then, um, so this yeah. is this is central. All right, so they've already twisted the theology of God. So they it, it's it necessitates that the teaching of Jesus is twisted, okay? Yeah. Because if you twist the teaching of who God is, Jesus is God. So we believe in one God expressed in three persons, the Trinity. Yeah. Um, and so uh, let's talk about a little bit about, about what they think about Jesus. Um, they they would say that Jesus was conceived by the virgin birth, okay? Mm. So they, I mean, this is, again, another way they can trip up Christians because are like, oh, yeah, I believe in the virgin birth of yep. Jesus. And yep. you're like... Oh, okay. Well, then we agree. Um, okay, but they teach that Jesus was conceived by Mary and Adam. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Mary and Adam, mm-hmm. right. uh, n- and they clearly they they actually clearly express not by the Holy Spirit. Okay. Mm-hmm. The scriptures say that that uh, let's see here uh, Matthew one eighteen. She, Mary, was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. Luke 1.35, the Holy Spirit shall come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Um, but the Mormons clearly state it's not the Holy Spirit by which Jesus was conceived. It was Mary and Adam, because Adam is one of those who was once men, became God, and then conceived with Mary, and Jesus was born. Um, so again, right off the bat, the origin, their version of the origins of Jesus uh, completely twisted once again.
1: Right, so let's ask a very simple question. Does theology matter? Yes. Does grammar matter? Yes. Sometimes. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> let, me, let me say this. Um, does grammar dictate and create our theology? No, it does not. It doesn't create our theology. I felt like that was a trick question. I had to think about it. Kind of <laughs> <before>. <laughs> it doesn't create our theology, but... We have to verify uh, our theology from a correct historical, grammatical, hermeneutical approach, which just means, how do I interpret the Bible? Well, from a historical lens. I want to look and make sure that this stuff is legit. Mm -hmm. From a grammatical lens, I want to make sure that what I'm reading in the original languages is legit. Mm -hmm. So why am I saying this? Because what they think of Jesus Christ stems from the book of John, chapter one Mm -hmm. Okay, let's read it. John 1, starting in verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So the author, John, which, the, which was the apostle whom Jesus loved, that's uh, talked about, not John the Baptist, but the apostle John, the brother of James, the son of Zebedee, he wrote this book, and John chapter 1, this first section, really mirrors the creation account uh, of Genesis chapter 1, which is stating that God created everything from nothing. Why am I saying that? Because Mormons reject that as well. Mm-hmm. They believe that uh, you can't do that. That's a, that. They believe that's a heresy, that you can't create anything from nothing, that matter had to have been there beforehand. Mm-hmm. So they believe that God created everything from something. So they reject the idea that God created everything from nothing um such a small view of god such a small view of god so now we see now like i said let's mirror john is mirroring mirroring uh john chapter one with genesis one uh to make a very important note to make a very important point jesus christ is god and the creator of everything Mm -hmm. because in the beginning was the word Mm -hmm. and everybody's people reading this like oh cool what's the word and the word was with God, and the word was God. Now, I'm not going to get into the real in-depths about this, but this is a very fascinating point, okay? This all comes down to grammar. It comes down to something called an article. An article is just like the word the or a. If you see, if, somebody, if you're watching a football game, uh, an NFL game, and you're watching all of the players say where they come from, they come from the Ohio State, right? Mm-hmm. The the is an article, Yeah, and down here in the south we say the Walmart. The Walmart. You know what I'm saying? You got to say it with the Walmart. The Walmart. (laughs) That's funny. But that's what an article is, okay? Greek words, articles, there's not an indefinite or a definite article. there's There's no specifics behind the article. The article in Greek is extremely flexible. You can do all kinds of different things with it. It's attached to just about every word, but you don't have to translate it. This is just Greek 101. This is literally Greek 1, okay? You don't need to translate the article and everything. So what the Mormons have done in order... This is, this, is, this is why this is so important. Theology is so important. There's something called exegesis, which means that you read the text and you use a historical, grammatical approach in order to extract the truth from it. And then there's something called eisegesis, which means I have an idea in my head and I have an agenda and a narrative that I need the Bible to fit. And I'm gonna read my idea into the text. They have an idea that Jesus Christ, not God. Right. Pretty darn impossible just to read the Bible and say Jesus is not God. So what they did was they retranslated John 1.1 to say, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was a God. Yep. They added an article because, and, and, and they changed the G to a little g just to state, hey, look, no, 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 you don't understand the Greek, they say, that Jesus was just a God and you too can
0: become a God. Yeah. And it gets worse than that in their teaching of Jesus in my mind because. Um, I don't, I don't know if you think this is worse or not, but I do. Um, so not only was Jesus just simply a God, like we can be a God, um, but they specifically teach that Jesus is the spirit brother of Satan. <laughs>
1: right? That's, that's okay. so crazy, man.
0: So Jesus is the spirit brother of Satan, mm. and Jesus was married to both the Marys right. and Martha, mm. uh, whereby, this is a quote from one of their apostles, uh, whereby he could see his seed before he was crucified. Okay, so Jesus had children and he was married and he was the spirit brother of Satan. And um, I mean, it, it just wow, their view of Jesus is uh, twisted. Um, it is, it's, it's wicked, I would say. And, and I don't, I'm not saying that to uh, be hateful. Um, I'm saying that to defend the truth of God's word. And I'm saying that just to show how twisted
1: um, this religion has become. Yeah no, and so this is this is so fascinating. Um, I have this little chart with me here. Um, we might be able to. This is a question on the fly. Can we upload this somewhere? Uh, I a think photo, so. like just for people to see it. I Think so. I think it's really helpful. We'll try to put it in the show notes for you. Yeah, it's really cool. So it. Mm. So it starts off with what we're saying, that they deny the fact that they think that God can create everything out of nothing. They think, no, that's not true. We have to start with matter. So if we we were to create like a timeline and a chart of what they believe and how the world actually works, this is what it would be. And I'm just trying to put, because all these different doctrines coming from all of these different books, coming from Joseph Smith's scattered brain, it's kind of crazy and it can be really like, you're like, I, I'm not really following, so just track with me here from start to finish, okay? They think that everything was created from matter, okay? And that once it was created from matter, that the God, the the, the, the very specific God, because remember, there's millions of them, mm-hmm. there's, there's millions of universes and um, and of planets, just like the one that we're on right now, full of humans that are going through the same thing that's governed by a God.
0: Right. So Side, no, side note, but important to their theology, they think that... All of us will become gods who
1: rule our own planet one day and be worshipped. Yes, No. and that that is so critical to what we're trying to get to right now. So the the world is made from matter, and then it's populated by spirit children. And uh, what happens with those spirit children is that they enter into some sort of moral probation. Now what does that mean? That's where we are right now. They would consider... The life that you're living right now as a testing ground for the God that you are serving, the God mm-hmm. that we're serving is the God of the Bible. They say God the Father. They, they they've named him Elohim, right? Mm-hmm. Elohim was a man just like us. He was redeemed. He became a god of this planet. He he had a lot of wives because we didn't even talk about polygamy, but that's that's an important yeah. doctrine of theirs. Yeah. Yeah, sort of. Uh, Not anymore. They, they they abandoned it because it was a bad look, right? But there are still, and I and I
0: wouldn't say it's a core doctrine. I would say that it's and that something. Core, I apologize. It's something that we we see a lot, and it's what they are known for in many ways. Um, but I, I, that's why. For our purposes, I want to focus on their teachings of Christ and salvation and God, because um, that you get beliefs like polygamy from a false understanding of who God is, in in my opinion, right. No, ultimately,
1: no, I I completely agree yeah. with you. All I'm yeah. saying is that it's why it's so important is because that's how they populate their earth. Yeah, yeah. That it's important that the men mm-hmm. very very um, uh, man centered, and I'm specifically talking about the gender there. Not only man-centered, yeah. as in it's humanly-centered. M- misogynistic, centered. for sure. Extremely. Yeah. So the, it, the man can become a god, and the original idea that was promoted by Joseph Smith was you need to get as many wives as you can within the Mormon church and seal your marriage within the Mormon church. Right. And all those marriages, you're going to be able to keep once you're a god over your own planet, and you'll be able to have celestial sex for all eternity in order to populate your planet. Mm-hmm. Like that's so it's important to note that because that's where people come from. Yeah. And while we're living on this earth, we're in this like training ground and that's how we're being tested. Okay. And this is the important part. This is where they're going to look at you and say, Hey, we're all being tested right now. And this is, I really want to springboard this into salvation. What happens? It's how do you get saved?
0: Yeah. It's either you
1: can get saved and enter into paradise or you go to spiritual prison at that point. How is it, Kenny, that we can be saved according to the Mormon church?
0: Yeah, so this is maybe the last doctrine I want us to talk about, and then we'll talk about evangelizing them, because it'll springboard naturally into that. Mm
1: -hmm. Um,
0: So here is a statement. Here is a direct quote from Mormonism uh, that this is what they would say about salvation, and I want you to listen closely to this. All men are saved by grace alone without any act on their part. Travis, you agree with that statement? They were saved by grace alone. All men are saved by grace alone without any act on their part. I feel I would never, I would
1: never agree with a Mormon (laughs) after studying everything. But, but do you agree with that statement? Uh, I would ask them to define grace. Okay. But do you agree with that statement? I don't feel comfortable right now. (laughs) I plead the fifth. I want an attorney. Here,
0: here is the trouble. Uh, on, I would say those exact words. I do too. I, I would on. say those exact words in reference to salvation. All men are saved by grace alone without any action on their part.
1: Yeah. Okay? Face value, we agree.
0: By grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Now, they would not say that they would that I say, just said. They would
1: not say that. But
0: they would say all men are saved by grace alone without any action on their part. Yeah. You would hear a Mormon say that and you go, oh, well, we agree then. Yeah. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. Because they need to define That's what Travis said You need to ask And this is why We talk about this so much And it might seem like We're beating a dead horse But this is why Defining terms is important all men are saved by grace alone, without any act on their part, except for the fact that they actually believe that you do have to have acts and works. They would say that you are saved through uh, through faith in Christ, through baptism, and through obedience to the teaching of the Mormon Church, good works, and keeping the commandments of God. So, yeah. on the one hand, they say no no act, except on the other hand, they're like, yeah, but you got to be baptized and you got to hear the teachings of the Mormon Church and I mean, it, it gets really, really messy. Um, so their belief of salvation is not what they actually say that it is. Um, this is how they would probably uh, phrase it. Um, they would say that the work of Christ on the cross made salvation possible, but didn't actually accomplish it. And our good works are what seal salvation. Right. So what Jesus did on the cross made it available, like, it's possible for you to maybe be saved, but you better work to make sure that you seal that salvation that Jesus uh, may be accomplished on your part. Right.
1: Yeah. yeah. No, That that is so important. So, once you are in this training ground, this is, how do you get to paradise? And that's what Kenny's talking about here. That's what they call uh, the first part of heaven is paradise, right? Yeah. yeah. What do you do? And they would say there's two, there's two ways. One, yeah, just saved by grace— You can make it. Yeah. You can make it. But if you really want to get to the higher level of heaven, then you need to work and to do the things that Kenny just explained. Now, get this. There truly are, from the Mormon perspective, levels of heaven. Mm -hmm. So there's something called the telestial, the terrestrial, and the celestial Mm -hmm. levels. Three different levels, low, middle, and high. Mm -hmm. Um, If you work hard enough, and if you do enough mission trips, if you do enough evangelizing, you teach long enough, you get—I mean, if you just—if you live by the book, you can make it to the celestial heaven, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You get more crowns, they say. If you don't, then you enter into what's called spiritual prison. Mm -hmm. Spiritual prison's not hell. This is important. There's a difference. People like uh, Christians who are listening to this, born-again Christians, people like Kenny and me— we would enter into spiritual prison. We wouldn't go to hell because we haven't rejected God. They just don't. They think that we've we've rejected Joseph Smith in the right way, mm-hmm. but we still try. So we would enter into spiritual prison, and at that point, we can either be baptized. Like, now that we're dead, they practice baptism of the dead, mm-hmm. which legitimately they take people and dunk them in water for people who are deceased, and we can enter into paradise that way, or we're just going to be able to enter into level one of heaven. Mm. And that's really how it works. It's either you reject it, you affirm it, you go to the lower level, you go to the middle level, and then hell is that that's reserved for the worst of the worst of like Hitler.
0: Yeah, and and primarily for Satan and his demons. Yeah, um, and not a lot of people go there. Matter of fact, there a lot of Mormons would teach in uh, universalism. They would say that all men are going to be saved. Actually, a direct quote from one of their one of their speakers is: "Mormons. This is I'm quoting again from a Mormon spokesperson. Mormons believe in universal salvation that all men will be saved, but." each one in his own order. Mm. And so that's kind of that. Here's the levels of salvation, right? If you did really good, you'll be, go right to the celestial heaven. You can kind of work your way to that, though. If you weren't saved on earth, that's fine. You know, you'll you'll get right. there. Um, right. Just just keep working for it. Um, so salvation, salvation is absolutely 100% works-based for them. Um, they would not agree with me because they would say, no, Jesus accomplished salvation. But what they mean is what Jesus did made it possible for people to be saved, which mm-hmm. I don't even know how they get to that because if all of us are gods, if right. we're all gods and we can just work to do that, why? Did, what does Jesus even do? Why do we need a savior? Yeah. if What are we being saved from in their theology, right? Yeah, right. If God is just one of many gods, like who sends people to hell, first of all, which, which right. of the millions of gods gets that privilege? Who, which, who has oh, more power? Maybe that's the wrong word, privilege, sorry. But yeah, who, who has the power to do these things? Yeah. Um, there's a lot of unanswered questions in their theology. Um, just from a strictly logical standpoint, there's a lot of holes that can be poked in this. Certainly. Um, now... We don't believe in evangelizing people with logic. Let's begin to talk about evangelism a little bit. I'm not, I'm, we're not here to just say, hey, this doesn't make any sense. You guys need to try to make some sense of your theology. What we want to do is proclaim the truth. Amen. Okay? Um, so let's talk about that. Um, this, this episode, by the way, may go a few minutes over our normal. Um, we'll try to be... Uh, somewhat brief, but this is important. I mean, this is kind of the point of the episode, right? Like, yeah. let's take everything we've said and let's now equip or seek to hopefully equip people, encourage people to evangelize a Mormon.
1: Um, so, why don't you start us off with that? Right. So, there. to recap, there is a complete rejection of the Trinity. There is a complete rejection of there only being one God. Um, uh, because some people reject the Trinity, but they still believe there's only one God, They believe there's there's hundreds, millions of gods. They reject the uh, deity of Jesus Christ. They don't believe Jesus Christ was the God. They believe that he was a God. Uh, They reject the inerrancy of the scriptures. Mm -hmm. So when we have a rejection of core doctrines like this, the very first thing that we need to establish is, you're not a Christian. Yeah. And I need to now evangelize you as an unbeliever. Yep. So this is why we have said mormonism is a cult that has been our argument this we have been defending it and now we're going to say okay now that it's a cult we've established it as a cult how do we evangelize to them Mm -hmm. you share the gospel Mm -hmm. and where does the gospel come from and this is my encouragement to all people listening to this you're like where do i even go if don't look for logic don't look for consistency within them Mm -hmm. you're not going to find it what you need to stand on is the word of god You need to absolutely ground yourself in the Bible, Mm -hmm. and I'm not just being generic Sally here, okay? Mm -hmm. I'm being real. You need to open up your Bible. Now that I've said, okay, uh, monotheism. They reject Jesus as being God. They reject the Trinity. They reject the inerrancy of the Scriptures. Study up on those three core doctrines. Ground yourself in the Scripture within those doctrines and look at them, and when you're having a conversation with them, I would challenge you to start off every single time Don't let them run away from this. Start off every single time with Isaiah 43. I've read it, I know. I'm going to read it again. That says, Before me, no God was formed. God speaking here. Nor shall there be any after me. I, I am the Lord, and besides me, there is no Savior.
0: Yeah, Man, there's. I got quite a few thoughts in my head. I agree with everything you just said. Um, you, you got to keep it simple in yeah. evangelism with anybody, and that includes Mormons. It, You may be like me, and you're going to walk away from this episode, and you're going to forget most of what we've talked about. Um, (laughs) True. I'm just being honest, okay? Um, I'm not an expert in Mormonism, and and I'm acknowledging that. I may have misrepresented a little bit of what they believe, and and I hope that I haven't. I mean, my goal is not to have done that today. Um, But that's okay. My my goal is to proclaim the truth. What I want to be an expert on are the scriptures, okay? Um, So we can't treat we can't treat talking to a Mormon as a fellow believer in Christ that we're just trying to change some of their thinking about Jesus, right? Right. Like if, if you get so hung up on trying to just convince them logically, like even, even if you go to the Greek language of the Bible and go, well, you know, it's not that Jesus was a God, it's that he, he is God, like all that's Getting into those those technical terms, I'm not saying it's unimportant, but that's not what's going to lead them to faith in Christ. What's going to lead them to faith in Christ is a proclamation of the scriptures. So, so have those conversations insofar as you are proclaiming the truth of the scriptures, okay? Right. You're not trying to convince them to change their mind. You're trying to have them who are dead in their sins be awakened and alive to the truth and the only way that's going to happen is through the proclaiming of the scriptures you you will not this goes for mormons this goes for all the other cults we're going to talk about this goes for every unbeliever who's ever walked the face of the earth you will not reason them to christ amen you won't reason anybody to christ it's not going to work has god given us reason and logic are they important yes but that's not how salvation happens. Right. It happens through the proclamation of the scriptures, through the Spirit of God, taking the Word of God and quickening the heart of men uh, and women and making them alive to the truth. So, um, so that to me that's an encouragement, because it takes the pressure off. I don't have to be 100%. an expert on religion anymore. Yep. What I need to be is a, a student of the Word of God and proclaim the truth. Um, and, and here's another, this is kind of a, a side note, but I think it's really important. Um, let's trust in the sovereignty of God here in our evangelism in that you might say well um i'm not the best person to talk to this mormon because i don't know all about their theology and, and all those things god is sovereign and who are you to know whether or not god has placed that mormon in front of you and what they need to hear is that one verse that you are about to share with them. Amen. Right? Like there are you hear stories all the time of Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses, and all these people who are like, I've always struggled with this religion and this faith, and and I hurt, and and finally, like I saw the scripture. Mm. And God opened my heart and my eyes to finally see. It's a good word. And you might be that person that God is using. You right. may not. You may not have that verse memorized. You may not like. God is going to bring that to your mind in that moment. He's going to use His word to evangelize. And so trust in the sovereignty of God in those moments too. Um, you don't have to be. Uh, you don't have to be a an expert apologist. You don't have to be right. an, an
1: expert. You just need to be a student of the Word and willing to proclaim the Word. That's that's awesome. It's, yeah, I mean, we, we've had a lot of conversations about this. Um, our entire first season was about the power of the gospel. The gospel is a message, it is a very simple message about the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's about who he is. Mm-hmm. Proclaiming the truth from the scriptures about mm-hmm. who he is. Mm-hmm. It's a glorious thing. Jesus Christ is God. He truly did come and walk on this earth as god in the flesh he died the death that his people deserved and he bore the wrath and the sins of man and he rose again we're begging you to read this to study this beautiful message and to yeah to go proclaim it that's that's literally the power the power doesn't come from you the power is outside of you and it comes from the god of glory the one who did create everything from nothing the one who is sitting on the throne so I don't what. Yeah, I what I hope we did not do today was oversimplify the Mormon uh, stance yeah. because because the Mormons are really smart people. Yeah, I'm not just saying that. Yeah, they're very actually affluent, uh, influential people. Um, a lot of them have a whole lot of power and uh, very successful business people. Yeah, the Mormons are extremely intelligent and they also have their apologists. Yeah. They have people who defend their faith very well. Yeah. So if uh, if you listen to this episode and you're like, whoa, didn't know any of that. That is really wonky. I had no idea. Um, now I feel like I can just go and blow up any Mormon Latter-day Saints church with like theology and be like, yo, look at this. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And now everybody's saved in there. Yeah. Just be careful. Your yeah. zeal, you know, I love it. That's my, that's kind of my mentality. Yeah. But they really have really smart ways and good ways of being able to work away and work around and manipulate the scriptures. So just be respectful about all this. Really study. If you if you're have a passion to actually go and uh, talk to more Mormons, then just all I'm saying is do the studying and the research on yourself Yeah. and also study your scriptures very well. And to Kenny's point, you don't need to be a scholar. Mm-hmm. You just need to be armed with the gospel. Yeah. I
0: would say that um, I, I also don't want to give the impression that it's not, it, it has no, be- I don't want to give the impression that it doesn't have any benefit to understand Mormon theology um, because right, what right. it can help you to do kind of what Paul did where he uh, he surveyed the false gods of the culture, and he said, look at all these gods that you have, and you have this statue of the unknown god, right? Now, let me tell you about the real god. I know that. Right? So, <laughs> um, so it's great to know their theology, and you can go to a Mormon and say, hey, I, I know you believe this, but right. let me tell you the truth. And so um, I'm not saying it's unhelpful, but... Um, I'm just saying that that the power in in evangelism doesn't come from simply understanding their theology. I agree. It comes from it comes from proclaiming true theology. Um, and then uh, maybe my final point that I have here is we're in in all of season two as we engage with all of these cults. Um, our conclusion and how to evangelize them is probably going to sound almost the exact same every time, right? That's true. So let me just give you a heads up. Um, yeah. And maybe we'll spend shorter time because of that in the future episodes, but maybe something specific to Mormonism that's not always specific to other cults, although I guess, I guess to some degree it is, but Mormonism, to me, more than any other cult, um, is really good at making themselves sound Christian.
1: Exactly. Okay. Yeah, that's what makes it dangerous. You've got to be careful. Yeah. Um,
0: and, and I don't want to put you on high alert. Like, everybody who says, I believe in Jesus, you need to go, what do you mean about that? Like... Maybe you do. Maybe that's a good practice. But um, but make sure that you clearly define terms. Make sure that you really dig deep into asking them, what do you mean by that? Define grace for me. Define works for me. All those things. Um, that is an important note specifically when evangel- evangelizing Mormons and anybody. But it seems to me that Mormons are really good at using some language that sounds really Christian, but it's so far from Christianity. You're right. You know?
1: And my final point will be, I don't feel like this is something that like, hey, we really, really have to say this. Um, but within our current climate, man, th- there's a lot of stuff going on, and there's a lot of violence, and um, there's a lot of hate, and it really makes me really sad, and it's really just, it's really, some of it's just sickening. Mm-hmm. So speak the truth in love. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have some sort of, you have such a great zeal that it's creating some sort of anger in your heart, mm-hmm. um, I'm telling you, I'm begging you, never, like, don't, don't even, don't, don't, don't speak. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you should give me a noisy gong if you're speaking with a bunch of hatred. Yeah. Um And, if, and, and, and I speak on behalf of Kenny and I both. Um, if we have a platform where we're talking in front of a mic and people are actually investing their time and listening to us, don't be violent. Yeah. In no way, shape, or form when you're talking to people, when you're considering these cults. Mm-hmm. And this goes for every single future episode don't be violent like this yeah. like we're that we are called to be ambassadors for Christ who went before his shears like a sheep to be slaughtered and did not open his mouth he was yeah. the god of glory who had the power to annihilate everybody when they were pulling in his beard and punching him in the face mm-hmm. and spitting in him he is god and he voluntarily was crucified yeah. so the point being be meek be loving, be mild, and never treat a cult or any false religion or anything outside of Orthodox Christianity with violence and hatred and anger in your heart. Don't act upon that violence, yeah. but love as Christ loved by sharing the truth of the gospel of Jesus yep. Christ. And uh, and I would say uh, respectful mm, amen.
0: Uh, as well. Don't... I try. I try really hard, and Travis and I like to have fun and all that. I I try really hard in this episode to to not demean. Um, don't I don't want to make fun of. Right. I don't want to make light of. Um, I don't think. I, what? Well, I, not. I don't think that's not Christ like. Um, that is not the way that Christ would have us evangelize. I would say that you, you got to have the mentality of if they're rejecting, if they're rejecting the truth. Um, Be be persistent but don't be Be bold, uh, be direct. Yeah, don't don't be uh I don't know the word I'm looking for. Don't be a jerk. Yeah, (laughs) right. I don't know. Uh that's as simply as I can put that. So yeah, that's that's a good word. Um Wow. Well, we enjoy talking about this stuff. We yeah. could we could go deeper. Um, if you have questions about this, as always, reach out to us. Um, if you if you're listening to this and 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 you are um, you are a Mormon, you you hold to this theology, um, yes. we would love to talk to you. Um, Come on
1: the show. Yeah,
0: we would man. We, we'd love to have a um, and I mean this in a. a the best term we'd love to have a debate we'd love to talk about these things we'd love you to have a chance to share if we've if we've not accurately represented what you believe tell us like we're not trying to um we're not trying to misrepresent we're not trying to demean um we're trying to share the truth um
1: if you are a mormon please we'll buy your breakfast Come on the show. Travis will buy your breakfast. I will buy your – you said that last time, dog. You already said you would. Yeah, well. So we'll buy your breakfast. We'll have a debate with you or just a conversation. I don't want a debate. I just want a conversation. That's fine. Yeah. We want – wow, that would be so fun. Yeah. That would would
0: make this season even better. Yes. Um, I'm going to go find one on the street. Uh, please don't, please don't, because <laughs> Travis will probably drag them by the ear into Elder this place. Jimmy,
1: who's like 18, come here.
0: The man who said no violence will use violence to get a Mormon in this place. I'm just kidding. I, I, I plead the fifth. Um, <laughs> all right, we're at that point of the conversation where it's going to go we really bad. Derail. It's going to go south real quick, so um, <laughs> we're, we're going to end that. Um, Travis, I, we didn't talk about this beforehand, but I'm just going to set it in stone. The next time we get together, we're going to talk about Jehovah's Witness.
1: Oh yeah. yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Jehovah's I've, Witnesses they're,
0: they're, their theology is very different, but there are some ties I think in how they twist the scriptures and, oh, and, and some of their doctrines. So okay. um, I think there's some correlation. Um, they would probably disagree with me on that, but I think there is. So um, yeah, they would be very we'll, angry at you. Now. Yeah, we'll, we'll move <laughs> on. Jehovah's that. Witnesses. I'm not go saying ahead and reach out to us. I'm not saying they <laughs> believe the same thing. I'm saying I think they reach some of the same conclusions <laughs> because of some of the same oh, ways of thinking. They do. Yes, they do. Yes. They do. Um, so there's that Jehovah's Witnesses the next time we apologize, by the way, if you've made it this far, I just want to apologize to you for missing a few weeks. My Um, fault. Life, life gets crazy. Um, we're hoping that will not be the norm going forward. Um, we are trying our best, but we have full-time jobs and families besides this podcast. Um, who knows? Maybe one day this podcast will support Travis. I don't know, but, um, I don't know.
1: I mean, that'd be awesome, but... (laughs) That'd be awesome. We'll see.
0: (laughs) Um, So that's all we got for today. We've gone over time. Thanks for listening. We will talk to you guys, hopefully, Lord willing, next week as we talk about Jehovah's Witness.
1: Signing off. We never said our names.
0: Kenny and Travis.
1: Travis B. Bye. Signing off.
0: Peace.